Welcome to Callaway Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Linda Armstrong and Rita Giganti. Today is Friday, April the 24th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time. And wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And we have a bit of a treat in store for you today. Uh, Rita has a book that she's going to be sharing with us that I had never heard of. Linda, I don't think you'd ever heard of. And this book's been around for like 70 years, 80 years, something like that. I yeah. mean, it's been around for a long time. A long this, time. It's almost as old as Think and Grow Rich, but I'd never <laughs> heard of it. And it's interesting. Yes. It's called Working with the Law, 11 Truth Principles for Successful Living by Raymond Hollowell. How did you run across this one? Okay, so um, I have my own, you know, like connection that I have with spirit. And I used to work with a mentor of mine um, who doesn't really work anymore. She's retired. And, Uh you know, I was asking her opinion about everything that's going on and, you know, like that I'm trying to help others. uh, be more positive in in their daily life so that they can move through this, you know, where we are right now with more peace. And I asked her her opinion on it. And she, so I get this message from spirit from, from her. And I, I'll read it to you because it's, it's interesting. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay. From spirit. It's not important that you know the whys and the wherefores of this current situation. As a human with a spiritual plan, you need to use it as an opportunity for growth, not fear. So go to the book, Working with the Law by Raymond Hollowell. Familiarize yourself with it again and make it a working textbook so that the positive energies can be free to work. It is essential for your well-being and the well-being of those around you. And so I felt very compelled to share it um, because I think all of us can use anything to help us through this scary time or, you know, what appears to be a very fearful time. If you listen to the news and you or the radio or any of the shows that have, you know, the virus connected to it, there is so much fear, so much anxiety around it. Um, And, you know, listen, we're all human. I've been there myself. Like, you know, I'll, my sister will get on the phone with me. She'll start spewing shit. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. I was in my center. What happened? Right. Right. You know, <laughs> I start thinking all negative things. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I asked and I received, which is part of what, you know, we're going to talk about today. The book goes into the laws um, and how to utilize the laws to your benefit. And how the book shows you a lot, and I've only, because I only got it the other day, I've only been through a few chapters of it, but what it shows you is that you, there is no lack of control here. Like you control your destiny. You are co-creating with God in every moment. And you have to do the work to co-create. It's not like, so it's not a passive thing. Even praying is not a passive thing. So when we pray, we ask, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're not aligned with that, we cannot receive it. Even though we asked, we Mm -hmm. have to be aligned with it. Right. So that's, that's what this, um, you know, the premise of the book talks about the laws and there's 11 of them. And there are many, many people and authors who have said there are many different laws like you know uh 15 16 laws 12 laws whatever this man um came up with 11 Mm -hmm. and um he felt it was the way someone should uh live their life authentically i think it was worth you know old or new makes no difference because part of what he's talking about we've heard in the law of attraction you know the law you know the law of one the whole the whole premise of that. We've seen that in many books, many times over, but sometimes when you hear something different, you know, some, sometimes the same material, but a little bit differently, like Linda was saying, people can get it. They, maybe they didn't get it the first 20 times, but we're going to talk about it today and maybe they'll get it today. Yeah. In fact, I think I'll interject and just, I'll read out. I wrote them down the 11 laws that he has in his book. And yes, there are people who say there's seven, there's 11, there's this, there's that. There's lots of them. But I really like, well, let me read them first. Okay. 
Uh, and these are the chapters in order. So there's okay. the law of thinking, the mm-hmm. law of supply, the law of attraction, the law of receiving, the law of increase, the law of compensation, the law of resistance, law of givenness, law of sacrifice, law of obedience, law of success. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of laws here that I haven't mm-hmm. come across with these other people with the list that you get from other people. Right. And my first takeaway, I was texting with Rita as I was like reading it on my Kindle, was um, in the very beginning, he talks about, let's just, let's just take the word law, anywhere it says law, and change that to the word God. Right. Well, and law. for me, like these little light bulbs went off. I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. If something felt so much different, like energy shifted just around thinking about, as you're reading this, putting the word God in instead of the word law. And, you know, truly premise of the whole entire thing is what we already kind of know, but maybe you can hear it in a different way that we are all one. We are all that God quality because we are all creators. Right. And here it's a matter of well, what do you choose to focus on? Like in the first chapter, and I'll get back to read it. Yeah. And I don't no, know no, no. if you had, a, you had a chance to, if you had a chance to read it yet, but in this law of thinking part, um, you know, it just goes to validate once again, how, you know, there's law of a polarity, right? So you have good and bad, right and wrong, you know, white right. and black, you know, dark and light. But the point of the a big point that I took from this law of thinking thing is that which energy do you want to feed, right? So do you want to go into fear? Or do you want to go into love? Right. We as the creator has to have the ability to just flip. Like I call it flipping a switch. You can flip the switch to another energy just by choosing to do it. Right. And if you don't think you can, there's things you can do, like to increase your vibration so you can get there. Um, but let me just write my, I wrote a note on this one thing. He said, you cannot feed opposite energies. You can only feed one at a time. Which energy do you want to feed? Don't get stuck in feeding both at different times because that's just limbo. And I don't know if these were his words or what, this is what I got out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that you feed the most will eventually be the be the one that comes into your reality because everything's created right. from thought. And he really does a good job of making that point that everything is created from thought. So when some people don't get thoughts become things, maybe the way this book puts it just gives you like another angle on it, even if you've heard it mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And then, it, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I feel like I have a fuller, a more full understanding. Right. With this whole thing. Right. You know, I, I think a lot of us aren't necessarily sure on how to, um, how our thoughts can actually be reality because we have millions of thoughts a day, right? So we, we think, well, how can I concentrate every single thought on something good when I have all these thoughts? Well, it, it becomes somewhat of a training that you have to, you know, um, help yourself with this isn't something that happens overnight and you know you need to train the mind just like anything else right just like you trained it this way we need to shift it and train it a different way um, I also think that from what he's saying with this law of thinking I o- always say that your emotion behind your thoughts are very important because if you're having a lower vibrational emotion which is envy fear fear jealousy all of that and you put that into a thought well it's going to create something completely different than what you would want right Mm, right so if you take this this thought and you want to create let's say abundance and let's say prosperity well then in your mind you need to see what that looks like what does that look like to you and then you need to have the feeling behind that right the feeling of joy because you're looking you need to like we're streaming live here right mm-hmm. we're doing it live you right. need to stream live in your mind how you perceive what prosperity looks like abundance looks like health looks like do a little video in your mind but with that feel the emotion that comes with that like that brings peace to you that brings happiness that brings joy that brings so many things and that will feed the thought even more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, it also mm-hmm. makes me uh, want to raise a question. And it's a question that I always like to 
kind of virtually ask any author that I read for the first time about this particular piece, the piece of of imagining and, and focusing in your mind on this new thing that you want. Because very often we have a lot of patterns built up, a lot of experience with the stuff that we don't want. That's how we end up with all the stuff that we don't want. Very often we don't have a whole lot of experience with the stuff we do want. You know, so for instance, maybe somebody's trying to attract a bunch of money. Maybe they're trying to become a millionaire. They've never been a millionaire. They don't know what it feels like to be a millionaire. So the question right. I always like to ask the, the guru or whatever you want to call them is, so, you know, how do you visualize being a millionaire if you've never been a millionaire before? And I'm curious to know what his answer might have been if he addressed that. I don't know if he addressed that. Oh, Linda's raising your hand. Go for it. <laughs> Go, Linda. <laughs> you find the essence of what it will bring to you. Right. So. What, what does being a millionaire mean to you? What does it give to you in your life? If it's like peace or security or um, opportunity to do more exciting things, like what, what is the energy around that? So mm -hmm. you, then you pick up, you find that energy within your body, mm -hmm. right? So say it's um, a, a free, a feeling of freedom, you know, like stress-free. Mm -hmm. um, even if you don't know what that feels like, you can imagine what you think that That's right. feels like. And That's then, right. And I like feeling. to like find it in your body and so you can connect to it and you can call it up. So then when you're doing these, you know, thinking about it, call up the energy of what you feel this will give to you. Right. And I just wanted to add, cause this is a, a, something Walt's been working on a lot is a lot of the stuff as I'm reading just reminds me so much of Neville mm -hmm. and so much of other people, but even more so with Neville, which, cause he's always with the visualization, right? Yeah, and absolutely. the feeling essence of it. So um, Neville Goddard said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the essence. I love the way you put it like that. Um, the higher vibratory emotions that you can connect to it or essence that you can connect to it, the faster it will come into your um, into your world, we'll say. Now, you know, there are many people who are rich money wise but poor in other ways, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa. Sure. Okay. So that's why we can never judge another person because we don't know their life unless we walked in their shoes. So when someone says to me, well, I need, I need more money in my life. Money is just what? It's just paper, energy. right? It's, it's energy, yeah. right? So money is not, uh, my mother used to always, you know, say to me, money is the root of all evil. And I used to say to her, no, money is not the root of all evil. It's the intention behind it or the love of it so much that you can't see past anything else. Mm -hmm. I said, if you use it the way it should be used, it's a give and take like anything else. It'll come in like a flow and go out, come in, go out kind of thing, right? You'll always have enough because there's an endless supply of everything on the earth, an endless supply. And that's what people don't realize. They think, and this is, listen, this is based on several things. This is based on what they see, um, you know, when they watch the news. This is based on how they grew up in a household that might have seen money. In my house, my mother said that money was root of all evil. My father earned money in the way that was not the greatest you know, energetically, but he was never afraid that he wouldn't have money. So he always had it. And for him, money wasn't so much a physical thing to buy things with. It was more about power. So you see, he connected power to money. Right. And again, it's what you, how you view it and see it. You will be able to bring anything to you, but you better be careful what you're wishing for. Make sure you have clear intention about it so that when you bring it to you, it's good. Mm, sure. So I'm, okay. so I'm curious. I, I, what my, my question was mainly aimed at how does Mr. Hollowell express this? Does, does he actually address this issue or is this not an issue that he goes into at all? I haven't gotten that far yet with it. So okay. unless you did, Linda, I haven't. Right now they're just describing the you laws. specifically about money or – about, about this uh, thing about of holding the energy. About visualizing something you haven't visualized before. Yeah. Okay. So um, before I go into that, because he gives a, a story, an example. Because he gives oh, examples yes. in the book. Yes. And I'll give you that one example that, that I wrote down yesterday. But um, I wanted to just say, like, 
something about the way, and I teach this stuff, but you know, when you hear it in sometimes <laughs> you just get it differently. Right. Right. So this thing about how we are all God and you know, God's a creator. We always talk about that, but something clicked with me in reading even just the first two chapters of this or three. I don't remember when I read um, where it makes you understand that I am limitless and I can create whatever I want because I am an aspect of God. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, like, why are we choosing to live in all of this? I can't do it when we absolutely can do it. And there is abundance everywhere. if We would just allow it. So that's why I, I get really pissed off at all the fear in the media because, and that's you know, purposely done to keep us down. Right. Because right. if we didn't live from that fear, imagine what this world would be like, how easy we would be creating. And that's what we're moving into. Right. Right. And this is like, like the big zit that pops and maybe people realize I'm not going to live in fear anymore. And I'm not right. going to listen to these people who are not me and don't know my world to try to push all that fear on me. Because if you look around and not listen to mainstream media, you'll find a lot of sources that will say that this particular virus, although it's fast moving and it's causing a lot of destruction, um, the percentage of people who will actually die from this is like a fraction of 1%. Right. It is so small. It's smaller than the flu virus, which we live with all the time. But we've been forced into our homes and being fed all this fear and people are freaking out and going crazy because they're buying the fear. So our job is, and what Rita and I are really focusing on is you too, Walt, how do we get them away from the fear and back into their own truth? So they listen here first and not out there. Right. So, and and we're not by no means are we telling people, Hey, you run to the store and don't wear a mask or gloves because you don't need to fear anything. Yeah. No, we need to, you know, let's, let's think <laughs> we have to make sure that we protect ourselves too, because I don't think we know everything and I don't think we're going to know everything. We're going to know just exactly what they want us to know. Right. Yeah. But instinct will tell you I'm safe. I can go out with my mask and my gloves and I'll be safe. Or, you know, today doesn't feel like a good day. There are days where I'm in the car and I turn around and my instinct says to me, my God self says to me, no good to be on the road today. Mm. Something's not right. Doesn't feel good. Go back home and stay in the house today. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. And that's really what we're talking about. Listening to your higher self, right? right. So he gives great examples in the book. You're right. He does give great examples in the book. And one of them was about the woman who she had all this money, right? But she was unhappy because she didn't have a life for herself. Her husband had his life. The kids had their lives. She didn't have a life for herself. Right. So she was miserable with all that she had. Mm -hmm. So she had to figure out her purpose. Okay. But is that this, is that the one who would say that, um, would put down money or say, I'm going to be all alone. Whatever she was saying actually came true. And she lost. That was another one. Okay. There were some examples that were similar like that. Yeah, that was another one, which... Because you get what you say, right? This, that's another right. Another wealthy woman was saying how she would have nothing, thinking she would have nothing. Eventually, she had, like, nothing. She had nothing. She lived in a box, like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have that story handy? I mean, we love stories here, so I'm just curious if you have oh. a story handy to read to us, because it'd be well, fun to if, hear. If, well, Rita finds that, because I think it's maybe in that first, the second, the first one, because it's a thought one, I think, the first chapter. But there's right. one where he talks about... Um, but some fraternity people uh, pledging for a fraternity and what they would do as part of the hazing is they would they're going to brand you with the letters of the fraternity and they blindfold you right and they do this whole um uh process or you know this whole yeah it's like a hazing yeah 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 and so they don't actually braise you they do something with a candle with a little bit of heat. Like it doesn't touch. It never touches you. I forget the details of it. This is why I'm really bad at giving details. But the, the gist of the whole story is they go back to the room afterwards. And the guy who was being the one being branded, which the other guy could see, they didn't actually really brand him. He had the letters appear on his body. He had welts of these letters for two or three days because right. he believed that they were actually branding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 
but he believes they branded him. Branded him. Yeah, I'm looking for the um, thing that we're talking about, but the power of the human mind is really just quite incredible. Yeah. It, it truly uh, is. And absolutely, but I, I there was one piece that I read that. Um, when he said, you know how people say seeing is believing. They have to see it first. They need to use their five senses. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, it's the opposite. You believing have to believe <laughs> and then you will see. Yeah. You know, so whatever it is that you're trying to connect to, to manifest, you got to believe you're going to receive it before mm -hmm. you can see it. You know, I thought that, see, to me, I've never heard it that way before. Oh, okay. never heard it in that sense before. So just the way he put it, got me thinking right away. It's that whole belief and the fact that you deserve it, which again, you know, goes back to how were you raised? Mm -hmm. You know, do, do you have these subconscious limitations in your, in the subconscious mind saying, I don't deserve that. Who am I to say I should be, have be a millionaire. Or if you're, you know, if you're, um, cause I, I can speak to this because I was, even though I don't practice it now, I was raised Catholic. You know, we were, we were taught to about money, like, oh no, you gotta, you know, you gotta continually give. You shouldn't have too much money because that's evil. You know, that's, these are concepts that if you are raised in a house like that, now you have to deconstruct that and reconstruct something else for yourself because it's in the subconscious. It stays, it stays there and we operate on the subconscious 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're, we're operating on things that we may not believe in now, but they're there and we have to go back and shift that, change it. And the implanting starts at the very early young ages. I mean, like the first seven or eight years, we're like little sponges. We take it all in. We're looking to see how the world operates. I, I'm then, telling you that right from conception, yeah. whatever the parents are saying while you're in the womb, everything you yeah. remember and absorb it all and you're affected by that so i found one story i didn't find the one we were looking for okay go ahead i like the way he also talks about you know planting seeds and weeds and all that right i love it yeah yeah so he talks about i'll just read it from here the mind force is creating continually like fertile soil nature does not differentiate between the seed of a weed and that of a flower she produces and causes both seeds to grow the same energy is used for both. So it is with the mind, and so it is with the mind. The mind creates either good or bad. Your ideas determine which is to be created. A farmer who lived in Nebraska and had come from a small farm in Pennsylvania years before never could adjust himself to using the binder. I guess it's a piece of equipment, a machine that cut and bound grain. He had been accustomed to the old handle cradle and tied his grain by hand. Repeatedly, he said to his friend, that binder will get me yet. Oh dear. He, was, he was afraid every time he climbed upon its seat. And one day while I was there, this is him talking, horses ran away from him and he was thrown over the reel into the machine. Mm. Like Job, his fear came upon him. It took just a, whoops. It took just a few years to bring into reality the fears that he subconsciously had entertained and accepted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that's, you know, it's, it's a uh, law of attraction is all around us. It's what we need to ask ourselves what we want to attract. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I did find the other story of the woman. If you, oh, good. if you want yeah, me to tell it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the man who's speaking, um, you know, with the book says, I knew a woman who once lived in a beautiful home in an exclusive suburban district with every comfort that wealth could supply to make her happy. The home was a large rambling house facing a beautiful lake with green terraces sloping to its edge. Flower gardens perfectly kept were scattered freely along each path throughout the estate. She had many servants to help her and from observation, her life was just about as complete as one might dream about. Well, with all this wealth and beauty, the woman was heard to remark to her friends that she hoped that one one day um she would come i'm sorry that she hoped the day would come when she would be relieved of the big house and all its problems and could live in a trunk oh, she no. wanted a room to herself <laughs> yeah she wanted a room to herself for herself 
and just large enough to move about without any extra space to dust and to keep clean. Now, she didn't even have to clean her home, right? A few years later, her husband died and left the estate to her. She sold the home at a sacrifice. Her other holdings depreciated so much in value through unwise investments and transfers that she had but a small income left. She went to live with her sister, and true to her wish, she now has a small room on the third floor and practically lives in a trunk. Whether she is happier now than before, I don't know, but I doubt it. One thing I do know, that is, she gradually led herself to the small room and privations when her consciousness began to grow small and limited. She unconsciously touched the creative principle and supplied it with ideas of smallness and privacy and limitation, which materialized within a few years' time. I love the story. I love right? it. And, and I love it in part because, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before on, uh, on all the days of the podcast. It's quite possible that she was happy with that. I mean, it's very not much. Pick. It's not what you pick, perhaps, but she very much would have been very happy with it because she did in, indicate it originally that she would like it. You know, so yeah, and we're there, not, you know, we're not, you know, we're not here to say if she was happy right. or she wasn't. We're only here to show that what she put out there, she got back. She got back, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Linda, anything else you want to add to the law of thinking? Um. Well. I'm just looking at my notes and I don't remember what I was reading when I wrote them, <laughs> but getting back to the weed thing, I quoted something he said, which was fear is like weeds in your garden. If you don't clear them, they overtake the whole garden. I mean, how more simple can it be said than that? Right. And that's, you can see that in nature that I know my, right. my garden right now is overrun with weeds. I have to get out there and do some work, you know, exactly. I have to do the, I have to do the work. I have to put the energy into making that garden look the way I want it to look. It's not just right. going to happen by, you know. And so I, it's I almost like no choice. energy. Even, even it's just making me think, if you give something no energy, it can, it can go the wrong way as well too, right? Mm -hmm. So it just, it's just doing its own thing. You have no control. It's like you pulled yourself out of the picture. And then weeds, what are weeds going to do? They're just going to keep multiplying. I love right. the choice that he made to call it weeds too, because by definition for a gardener, a weed is the plant that the gardener doesn't want. So mm -hmm. it's literally, what does the gardener want? The gardener wants these plants, but he or she does not want the weeds. That's what a weed is. A weed is the thing that you don't want. And we have to pull out the weeds. Yeah. And weed can be another person's wildflower. I mean, it's going to be different from one person's of course. Mess, you know? Of course. But the point I... is, the weed is something you just don't want. Okay. Well, that makes it pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I actually like weeds. Like in my backyard, I love, I love yeah. the dandelions, these little purple things that come up. You know, I just, mm -hmm. I just let it be how it is. But my <laughs> flower, my flower beds, I want to look a little different. <laughs> sure. Anyway, right. um, another thing I wrote, and it's probably was his words, but I'm, I probably, I don't know if it was his or mine, because I don't remember now when I did it. But it says, I wrote, people tend to believe in what they can see, right? This is, it's his words. This is what he's making a point. And everybody knows that, right? People, it's like, when I see it, I'll believe it. Like, they can only believe what their eyes will show them what they see. But if God is the source, and we are God, then believing this will always bring you your desire, right? Mm -hmm. So if if I am that energy, and I believe I am that energy, and I can be that energy, I can just create, 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 because I'm coming from that, that energy of love always. Right. And then I just wrote, what comes first, seeing or believing? So that's the question here. So what comes first, seeing or believing? It, it has to be believing before you can actually see it. Right? And you go through history. Time. Yeah. And I think he even maybe talked about, I don't know if you talked about Einstein or he talked about electricity or something. You know, people didn't believe it, but there were visionaries, right, who knew that they could create this stuff. Then you could put it through your walls and you can have things function on electricity. Yeah. It's but all he had about to believe it before he could see it. Right. It's all about supply and demand, right? Yeah, and we didn't get all, to that one. Yeah, but we oh, didn't yeah, get no, to the, no, maybe but that's I where that is. Oh, it yeah. is. I wrote that. I read that already. Yes, yeah, so I read yeah. the first two. It was love, think, love, thinking, love, supply. So that's where that came from. Second chapter. Yeah. So I, I just want to tell people this: um, you're you're going to think all the time. There's no stopping your thinking process. Okay. So they liken your thoughts to the speed of light. 
right? Yes. So yes. it says here, scientists tells us that thought is compared with the speed of light. Our thoughts travel at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. That's 930 times faster than the sound of your voice. Okay, so we're not going to stop thinking. What we're going to do is navigate the mind to think differently than we have before. That's all. And there's so many ways to do that. So many ways. And we can get into that so that it will help people. I tell you, just reading this book has helped. Just being in that energy has helped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So. I, I wanted to throw in a little side comment too. When you were talking about electricity as a, um, the metaphor for what you were describing, it, it reminded me that when electricity was first laid into people's homes, back around the turn of the 20th century. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that a lot of people believed in, it was kind of like a, a, a modern or, or, or an older version of what we would in modern day call a meme or a, uh, a, a popular idea that goes viral that doesn't necessarily, like a fake news kind of thing that doesn't really have any weight to it. But it was a very popular thing at the time was the idea that electricity gave off vapors. And mm-hmm. if you were too close to these vapors, they could poison you, they could kill you. And people were literally terrified of the electricity. I mean, they, they dramatized really? the fact in the uh, television series, um, what was it called? Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey, oh. uh, Maggie Smith's character was afraid of the vapors. And, and, and uh, the lighting was, of course, a lot brighter than what she was used to with uh, you know, the, uh, um, the flame lighting that they used to have before. So you know, she walks into the, the parlor and the lights are on and she's holding her fan up because the light is she blinding her eyes. <laughs> so there were all right. these preconceptions that people had. But the key point is, like you said, the people who brought the electricity in, they had a very clear vision. And it yes. was a true vision. And it was what it was really all about. And their vision won. Yeah. Their vision won out over this other vision that a large segment of the population had. It was that there were, believe it or not, a lot of people believed in these vapors. They, they, and they were, they were turned off by all this brightness and so forth. But their vision didn't, didn't carry through. The vision of the people who said, we need this. We're going to bring this into everybody's houses. It's going to make everybody's life better. Theirs was the vision that carried out. Again, it's, we go back to this uh, law of supply. It's called, you know, mm-hmm. supply and demand, right? Um, when enough, when, when the supply is endless already, mm-hmm. that's the key. Right. We have enough of everything. People may not understand or realize that, but the supply is abundant on in all ways. It's needing the demand for it that then brings it to fruition. Okay, so that clear vision of the electricity, you know, he had to do things, not just think about it. Mm -hmm. He had to do things and set it in motion to get it to that point where people would accept it. It wasn't just like he thought about it, figured it out, and says, "Hey, do whatever you want with it now." <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to use it, use it. You don't. He could no. have, but he didn't. Right? right. So there's a again a um, a force with inside of you that says, "I got to take the steps. I got to, you know, I got to bring this to fruition." And then you allow spirit to work, co-create with you to do that. But it's it's like that old verbiage: God helps those who helps themselves. So you co-create, not with just you, one, you co-create together, either as a consciousness, a collective consciousness with God, with your partner, with, um, you know, a group of people that you want to do healing with, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Mm. You collectively can do that when enough people are streaming, let's call it streaming, streaming that same energy, you watch things change on a dime. Absolutely. On a dime. I want to add to that too, because um, in that part of the book, he does talk about, um, you know, where there is a, a demand for something, yes. ideas will come in. Like spirit, whoever the energies are, will the ideas will drop in. Somebody light bulb goes off, and it'll right. go to a bunch of people, but because not everybody is going to jump on it. I, exactly. I, I mean, my husband has had so many great ideas come to him, but never was felt he was able to do anything about it. Next thing you know, it's out in the market, right? <laughs> And everybody, everybody has things like that, that they've thought right. of and then they see it later on. Um, but what I wanted to bring up is this thing with the thoughts, because they're constantly going, right? But meditation, you know, like some people think you have, like, 
you have to have no thought. And maybe that can be done, but I don't even look for that because for me, when I can quiet those thoughts, it's almost like you can say, no, 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 no. Oh, there's a good one. Yes. Right. Or you open up that space where your guidance can drop in this, the answer. Like I'll get an answer to something when I'm right. meditating and I'm not, right. you know, I just, I just let the thoughts go. Thoughts come, thoughts go. And sometimes you hear something really good. Sometimes you hear it as another voice, like your higher self giving you some guidance. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of what Rita will tap in all to while she's doing all her, I mean, I tap into it too when I do my work, but in a, in a little sure. bit of a different way. Just a different way. That's all. Yeah. So it'll come in when you can, and we can all do that. The, everybody has this ability. We're born with these psychic abilities or this ability to tune in because we're all connected anyway. Right. And what right. we're moving into is we're going to be bringing more and more people are becoming psychic because we're all starting to tune into more of being able to have that telepathic com conversation. Yeah. I posted a video someone shared with me. I put it on my Facebook wall and it's just these two little girls telepathically talking to each other. Oh and it's really the story of the awakening. It's a short That's little awesome. clip. Um, yes, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Well, did you see that? I did not see it. No, but it's Go awesome. to my page. Oh, I'd You'll love enjoy to it. see it. Yeah. That would be great. I, I um, love also how what you're describing there is really about selection, selecting. What do you want? What do you prefer? What do you want to give your attention to? Exactly. And, and that's really, in my view, that is the optimum where meditation is concerned. Meditation is really about just getting control of your thoughts again. Yeah. Instead of and having them out of control and like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. I can't control any of them. Meditation is how you get the control back. And if people have a hard time meditating, because I know many, many people have a hard time. You know, just as an example, I was doing Qigong this morning. Mm -hmm. So very like 20 minutes and it's just like exercises that you can do to you know what you're breathing and all that to center yourself it's like a um it's like a meditation in motion right so it you know the gentleman that i'm doing it to will say you know focus on your your uh tantien which is where your belly is right and just breathe through it and then i'm just kind of like looking out not paying attention to anything. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like when you, um, you're daydreaming, right? You just kind of go off. That's, that's part of being in the space. Like people don't realize you're there. You're concentrating on that thing. You're breathing. You get into that space and then all of a sudden, and, and thoughts come, great thoughts come, you know? Um, so it could be something simple like that. Don't feel like you have to sit for an hour and and don't think for a second that you're going to have no thought because it, you can yes you can keep pushing the thoughts away they and then the mind will quiet it will definitely quiet but if mm -hmm. you can't start there or if you get annoyed because you can't get there fast enough try it a little bit differently first to see if oh this works for me you know this this will work for me yeah. And that thought that I can't do it, it's just a thought, that idea that I can't do this. That's just another thought. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, yeah, okay. So maybe I'm not doing it well, now, but you know, I'm getting there little by yeah. little. And that's the the worst thing you could do is judge it. Right. When people are trying to do it and they're like, oh shit, you know, I, I <laughs> screwed that up again. That's the worst thing you could do. Cause that completely throws you out of, you know, being um, aligned. So yeah. it's just like when the thought comes in, just go, eh, see ya. You know. and, and maybe one way of looking at that, because it just popped in my head, is like you wouldn't like yell at a two year old because they did something wrong. You mm. would help them and guide them through it. So talk to yourself, your inner child, like, OK, you know, that's so right. This is a little hard. It's not what we expected. But I know we can do it because other people. Listen, if anybody else can do something, you can, too. Right. It's just the way the universe works. If the ability or the thought or the thing comes into awareness anywhere. You know, right. we're getting to what the two minute mile, the thing, you know, we talk about this every now and then, the, the hundredth monkey thing. And that's why group meditations work because we put that energy out. Like when you right. have a lot of people coming together, you can change things. I think Rita was talking about that or referring to that a little bit earlier in some part of our talk about how that energy can go out and change, change for everybody else, not even just for yourself. We listen, we wouldn't be at this point in our evolution if we didn't make those kind of changes. So somewhere along the line, 
someone came up with holistic medicate you know uh medic medications or um you know you know and and so mainstream medicine then said oh we need to take a look at this it took a long time for people to understand what homeopathy was or oh, yeah. you know herbs or you know and be able to trust that and these are things that come from the earth and these are also things that have been around far longer than medication but because we're not used to it and because we've been told no this is what we need to do we just but once once we all get on board things like i said things change it becomes a beautiful um tapestry mm. comes a beautiful tapestry that's you know that's how i see it anyway I've got yeah, and that changes that changes happening now exactly i think for you guys uh, from nasha uh, uh, some dreams some desires are so big that you tend to get stuck trying to figure out how. I believe that's where I personally get stuck. So please, could you elaborate on the how? Mm, okay, so how is really individualized because um, I think everybody does that differently. So I can give you an example of myself. Um, I knew I could manifest at the age 11, all right? So who, who, how many people, and maybe there are people out there, but for me, at age 11, I was uh, taken up with Farrah Fawcett, right? She was basically how I knew was, I was never going to be with a man, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> I had her poster in my room. I was like, I am meeting this woman. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Within a year, I shit you not, this woman ends up at a restaurant in the village that only me, my family, and my father would go to, oh right? And she ends up there with her agent, and I end up meeting her. I still have her, you know, her um, autograph, right? So at 11, you know what it was? I had this enthusiasm about it. I had this, I'm doing this mm. about it, right? And I constantly put the energy into I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her. And I did it. Okay. So now how, how can you do that being now our age? Because back then at 11, we didn't, I didn't have all the, you know, maybe all the um, negative patterns that maybe came after a while. Right. So now it's like you do baby steps. If you have to, you start out with a positive thought, take an action. Every day you put those positive thoughts in, maybe take another action towards it. You know, like ask her what what is so incomprehensible because there's nothing that, you know, she if she's saying to me, I'll never be able to make a million dollars, I would tell her right now she's wrong. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to chime in I with, before Rita was telling that story, I wrote down, you know, my answer for Nasha would have been like to hold the essence of it. And so as you're holding the essence of that, just have faith in God, because you are God, you are a creator, God's the creator, that it'll fall into place. So here's Rita giving an example of how she had this energy and this enthusiasm about meeting Farrah Fawcett. She didn't know how it was going to happen. She never planned, I'm going to go to this restaurant this day because <laughs> nothing, right. it just came in. So right. that's what I love about access consciousness. If you just keep asking questions, putting out that energy, holding the focus of what you want, you will get it. But you must let go of the idea that you can't. Fuck that idea once and for right. all. Nasha, right. you claim your power. I'm talking to Nasha right now. You claim your power and you live it. Stop listening to all those voices who, who knows where in your life have told you it's impossible. They're wrong. Right. Feel Anything what you know in possible. your heart. Go with what you know in your heart. You don't have to know how it happens. It'll it'll happen as long as you believe that you can and that you will because you are a fucking creator. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sorry I'm cursing with that because I, I want My her to goodness. get that. Cause, <laughs> no, because I know Nasha, I see her go back and forth with things on her posts and Facebook and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we talked about heavy energy before and Nasha said she felt that from me. She texted, she gave me a private message. Here I am giving you that power energy because I want you to cut it out, Nasha. You can create your life exactly how you, how you want it. 
That's it. I gave, I give you permission. Read it and walk. Give you permission to do it. Sometimes people just need permission. They need to know that they're worthy of it and that just by being alive, they're worthy of it. Screw all those things people have tried to feed you in your life and all that programming that's back there. You can go through lots and lots of sessions with people like me and Rita and, and clear it or just make a decision. I'm done with it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really believe it. And if that feel, if that makes you feel like, wow, I could be done with it. And that makes you feel lighter. Keep holding that energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like how you emphasized um, that you don't necessarily know how, in fact, most times we don't know how it's going to work out. How it's going to happen. No. I got my own out? stuff going on. I don't know how things are going to happen. And, I'm just trusting. And yeah. also, you, you know, you don't, you don't put a time limit on it. Like I'm right. going to, it has to happen, you know, within this, you don't know, but, um, you, you just continually on a daily basis put that good energy into it. Hold on to that essence that you're talking about. Maybe take a step towards being able to listen. The man who, how many, we'll talk about Ford, you know, he came with the car, right? Mm -hmm. And we were, we were, you know, driving a horse and buggy and people were okay with a horse and buggy. And enough people had to have the consciousness to say, oh, we, we do need a car. We need to get around a little bit faster. We need this. We need that. Right. So the demand for it had to get to the, cause we already had the supply and then he decided, well, I'm going to crank out this many cars a day. You know, how did he do it? It's like an architect. Same thing. How do you build the house? You start from the bottom and piece by piece, you move up. Same thing. You have a little plan set and you, you hold steady to that. And you, you, because a lot of us, you know what it is? And, and this is so true of, of many of us. We want instantaneous gratification, but what our mindset is not there yet. We can, we can instantly manifest if we had that mindset. We have to get there and we have to do the work to get there. You, you know so, what that made me think of too? Like, especially for, for Nasha or for anyone, for all of us, um, what, you know, like stop feeding the weeds, <laughs> stop feeding the weeds, <laughs> stop telling the old story. It's an old story. It's an old right. story. Cause right now in this very moment, you have the power to choose a new story. So you don't like that one. That's an old story. Let's start feeding energy to the new story. And the way I like to do it too is how, how do you feed things? You feed it with light because light is that energy of the universe, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, I did a meditation. It's on my YouTube. You can go and listen to it where I implant a seed of light in your heart. And all you have to do every day is just call in the light. Just call it in. Just keep feeding that light, sending that light out to others. If you do that every day, like I do that as often as I think about it. Like even right now, I'm just doing it. I'm bringing in the light and I'm sending it out to all of those. I'm doing to it too, as you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you feed the the seed, you know. So I call it planting this. It came to me in a lot of healing sessions I do, where some that'll come in, plant the seed. I'm like, okay, plant the seed, seed right. of light. So we're gonna feed light with light, which is the energy of everything, and that's how we create by hook by connecting to that pure love and light of yes, I can. Everything is abundant. Life is beautiful. Right. Then you have this thing popping like, oh, oh, that's not beautiful. Okay, well, let's send that light, that thing that's showing up in your existence that is not bright, right? Send right. it light. That's all we can do is keep sending the light, sending the light. Yeah. When you, when you gave your example of Henry Ford with uh, the Model T and how he was building it out before there was any real demand for it. Right, it right. reminded me of a, of a modern example. Because Steve Jobs created the iPhone at a time when there were no smartphones. The smartphone, I mean, he, it was Jobs and Samsung. But, you know, Apple and Samsung were the two that were developing this thing. And there was no market for it yet. It didn't right. exist. Right. I can promise you the last thing that was in Steve Jobs' mind is, how are we going to get people to buy this? The how was not part of his equation at all. He just right. knew. He believed in his idea so strongly that he, it didn't even occur to him to wonder, how are people going to... Know, buy into this idea. He, they just were going to. That's all. He, he didn't know how. He just believed they were going to. And that's exactly and how, what happened. How fast all that technology happened because, no you know, we went from beepers, right? Those little yeah. pagers right. to like these big cell phones that were like humongous <laughs> that, you know, it, like you put it to your ear, you look like an alien <laughs> to these then smaller streamlined. 
I mean, it's happening overnight, like, you know, because, again, the supply is there, the demand came, here it is. You know, it's funny about that, Rena, because I can picture those movies that we see where they're holding the big phone, and, like, we instantly crack right. up because we, because we lived it. But, yeah, yes. people, the younger ones who are coming to this more developed planet, they're like, what? What the heck is that? <laughs> yeah, they're Atari? What's Atari? Like, that was the first gaming console. <laughs> You know, I'm thinking, what do you mean? You never played Pong? What's wrong? What's happening here? It's like the best game ever. <laughs> you know, but again, we weren't, we, we weren't that generation where we were in a house all the time on a computer either. We had our, you know, we, we were out and we played in nature and, you know, which was to me is very important. Even today, I really feel like we need to get back to that. Whether you're an adult or you're a child, you need to get back to that. Um, yeah. So did 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 that help her, Walt? Yeah, she she's uh, yeah putting out all oh, so much appreciation, Linda. Especially, thank you so much for your, your right. I got tears. I oh. manifested a lot, and I have no clue how. I kept on telling people, and I was yes, I know I can. Thank you. And she also should, uh, thanked Jeffrey because Jeffrey was also giving her some advice in the uh, in the live stream. So yeah, she's been getting fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. So, so I just awesome. want to say to Nasha, if I felt because sometimes she's felt like like overpowered by my energy. I want you to feel that right now because I want you to totally get it that you have the power. Right. right? If I just took my power and I gave it to you. That's it. Wow. And energy sometimes right here on the show. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that, I mean, that's what we do to help people. You know, we have enough of our own energy that we can, because we know it's endless, right? We know we can fill ourselves up anytime we want so we can give to others. I mean, that's what we do. So that's why when, when mothers especially come to me and say, I'm exhausted all the time, I, you know, I give my energy out to my kids and then there's school and then there's meetings and I have a job. And, oh, I said, well, when are you refilling your own energy? Like, you're always going to feel that way if you don't refill yourself. That's the bottom line. You need to take the time. And everybody in today's day, it's, I don't have the time. But if you don't have the time, it's never going to change. So you have to make the time. Now, after making, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, after making the time, you notice that you have more time. I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that works. But, but I, I, I make the time to do it, and I'm like, I got so much more done today, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's just the way it goes. Which so, goes to prove how time is just a concept sure. and that just we can have control over time. That's right. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's right. Go ahead, Walt. I'm sorry, honey. No, that's all right. That's good. It's all, it's all good. Um, when, when you were saying what you were saying, it kind of clicked in my head. Whenever I find myself um, thinking about something or facing something or talking about something, and I'm not liking where it's going, I like to re remind myself to stop and, and just ask myself one question. What is it that I want instead? Yes. Because it I is, love that. It, it, it's like if it, you would think we do that naturally, but we really don't. We usually get stuck on, I don't want this thing that I've got. Right, right. We don't actually We're stuck ask, on the negative. What's the other thing that I want? Right. You get stuck in the negative piece. And also, yeah. I want to I bring up that you're – the what you're thinking also um for instance an adjective that you're using or something that maybe like when someone says i want something well you can be in want for the next 10 years you so, always want i always want something so i i tell people all the time use the words i am i am this mm. you have to use what's in present tense like it's already happening yeah. you can't use wishy-washy you know words uh you know i believe i am these are concrete you're telling yourself your higher self the universe i am right just like god says i am that i am it's the most you know important in where do i want to put it um solid thing that you could say that brings things into manifestation and, you know, I know we have still the law of attraction. I don't know if we're going to have time to go I, through it. I, why don't we next but, week do do law of attraction and law of receiving? I think this that would be great. 
a few weeks to do, <laughs> which is part yeah. of the course here. We've, we've done a lot of books and I can't think of anyone that we were able to do in one episode. The, the shortest one was three episodes and that was only half a book anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it takes time. I love it. taking a book and dissecting it. And, you know, maybe in the future we can pick a book and, and, you know, tell people about it and then tell them that we're doing a show about it and they can oh, read yeah. about it and come on. You know, that might be a Absolutely. great way to We've done to a lot of books involved. Like that. I mean, literally, yeah. if, if I had to count them up, we've probably done a couple dozen books that way. And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Get people's input. It's nice. It is. It's great. And and you get a lot of different viewpoints on the same thing. It's, it's really you know, a great deal of fun. Um, yeah. so, something I wanted to add into what you were talking about there you know, it comes from um, our friend Cindy Chavez, who does the Wednesday podcast with me. Um, a couple of thoughts. Well, first of all, she, she uh, going back about 20 minutes ago to where we were talking about meditation, one of the things that she likes to talk about is how it doesn't really matter that your mind went off in a direction you didn't want it to because the act of pulling it back to where you want to go is proper meditating. That's it's right. It's not doing it wrong. It's doing it right. That's right. And, and when, when she told me that the first time, I remember it was like a, it was a freeing experience. Like, oh, I don't have to worry about rules anymore. Yeah. There's not a wrong way to do this. Right. Absolutely. That's that right. That's a very freeing thing. Just realizing I don't have to do it the way somebody else said to do it. Mm -hmm. That's like my motto. There's no right way. Find your own way and keep it simple. That's what I get from my guys. No right That's way. Right. Find your own way and keep it simple. That's why there's so many modalities. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Somebody somebody may, may say, you know, meditation is is the best way i can do this uh, someone else may say no i need hypnosis because that's the best way that you know i find the easiest way to do it someone might say i need past life regression yeah there's a million ways mm -hmm. a million ways and whatever way it is do it and love it that's all just enjoy it you know and i would add to it to that to any healers out there who like, cause I know a lot of modalities and I kind of mix and match them. Like I don't do them by yeah. the book. I do them how spirit tells me to do them. Right. You know? So, cause I know sometimes people, if there are healers that are listening to this or people that do the kind of work Rita and I do, they kind of get stuck on sometimes that they think they're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. You learn what you can learn from all of the different modalities. And then you just follow, open yourself and follow the guidance that comes. I don't know why I'm saying that. Maybe there's a reason why I need to say that. Somebody must've needed to hear it. But uh, whatever Rita said sparked that one. Yeah, I think that people, um, when they ask me what I do, that's probably the hardest thing for me to tell them because I explain to them that I have a, like a, you know, it's like wearing a tool belt and I have all these different modalities and whatever you need that day and whatever spirit tells me that you need that day, that's what you get kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't call it Reiki and I don't call it chakra balancing and I don't call it, you know, I don't do any of that because it, it just, it's not one thing anymore. You're right. Yeah. Actually, there's no real combination of words that, that's the wrong combination. And, and I got a great example of that yesterday. I did a, uh, two shows yesterday, the normal show with Daniel Mangina, but a few hours earlier, I also did a show with a woman from Dublin, Ireland um, named Abby mm. Wynn. I had seen an article that she had written that was very much in alignment with my own uh, thoughts and, and feelings about uh, placebo effect where coronavirus is concerned. So I wanted to have her on and have a conversation. We did. It was great. It was wonderful. And in the course of, of having that conversation with her, she, she was expressing things in ways that I had never heard before that, I mean, mm. they resonated. They certainly made sense to me. And I was thinking, how cool is this? And I mean, I, I already have the experience of talking to you guys and to Louie and Yona on Monday and Daniel and Alex on Tuesday and Cindy on Wednesday. I mean, I, I have all these great people I talked to and here's another one. And once again, I'm getting a different perspective, a different perspective, mm. all of these different perspectives. I think what they do is they, they make me feel reassured. They make me feel like I am on the right track. I do get this stuff. I am good mm -hmm. at this stuff. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's an illustration of abundance. It is. Yeah. Yep. In a huge way. In a huge Absolutely. way. So, yeah, I would I'm, love to read her article if you would send it. That would be great. Yeah, sure. I'll forward that to you. Yeah, it was a great yeah. interview, by the way. And uh, I, awesome. I also found out partway through. She's actually a Hay House author. I didn't realize that. So, oh, yeah, cool. Author on here, which was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. 
really interesting person. Awesome. She's, she's had quite a life. Uh, I, I made reference to her because of her title. I said that she had an unusual way of describing herself. She described herself as a shamanic psychotherapist. Now, huh. I don't know about you. I hadn't heard that combination before. No, I haven't heard it either. I know, I, I know someone who does the shamanism, mm-hmm. and she does many other modalities with it, but never that. And, and I asked her about it. I said, why did you uh, come up with that particular combination? And she said, well, you know, sometimes when I'm talking to a client, I realize that I need to talk to them like a psychotherapist. And other times I know I have to talk to them like a shaman. So I figure, why not put them together? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I just want to point out that Rita's a Hay House author, too. Oh, That's true. Well, Your book is with Hay House, right? Your first one. Not anymore. Oh, not, not anymore. anymore. Okay. Yeah. I got, I got all the rights back and I'm going to okay. be doing something else with it. But oh, okay. yes, originally they were the ones who picked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Very yeah. cool. All right. Yeah. Well, then I'm looking so, forward okay. to uh, continuing our exploration of Mr. Raymond Hollowell's book from 1939. I'm still over the fact that I have never heard of this book before, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm looking right. forward next week to find out. How does he define law of attraction? And don't give any clues away here. We got to get people. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Maybe some people will go buy it and, you know, they'll have some understanding. Yeah, that would be nice. And then they can join us. I presume it's available on Amazon, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Absolutely. All right. Yep. So Rita, thank you, first of all, for coming up with the book for us to discuss. Thank you. can thank you for bringing that to you. Thank you for participating and. And Linda, thanks for doing all the research. My friend Linda. Giving us all the clues about the details of how the whole thing works. That's wonderful. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, live streamers. And thank you, especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everyone.